Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Sky back with you from the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Very excited to be with you once again for another episode of the TCK Pod on the Chris Landry Football Network. We are new to the Twitch channel. So if you are new to us or seeing us for the first time, welcome in. If you're one of the TCK Potters that's been with us for over three seasons, then welcome back. We are very excited today. We have a special, special guest to new to the Twitch family, uh, not new at all to the TCK Pod, a, a longtime candlestick kid uh, to the East Coast. And maybe we'll have to start talking about the polo grounds. If you got the baseball reference, the Giants polo grounds, East Coast, West Coast, we'll see what happens. Without any further ado, my man, Chris Benavides of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. Chris, how are you doing today, bud? Good, dude. Just, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think, we're Wednesday, so it's hump day. Just trying to get through the rest of this week. Um, you know, every day on every day on the grind, it's, uh, you know, it's work. It's like, you know, you're trying to balance real-life work. But reality is, is like once 5 o'clock hits, man, I shut down the work laptop and I'm I'm opening up the fantasy football laptop. So nice. that's, what we're, that's what we're doing right now, dude. I'm excited for this. That's a good life, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, man, uh, really quick check-in on the uh, storms. I know the East Coast is getting hit pretty hard right now. Yeah, we it missed us, actually. So we're Southern Mass. Um, we're, like, actually like 40 minutes from Gillette Stadium uh, next to, like, the sort of, if you know, Massachusetts had sort of the arm hook. We're, like, sort of, like, in the armpit area next to Rhode Island. So it actually missed us. It really hit Connecticut and kind of hit, like, New York and, like, went more upstate um, Western Massachusetts. So we're actually okay uh, a lot of my friends that were in Connecticut are okay, so it just seemed like more of like a tropical storm. Everyone that kind of bunkered down was was fine. Got it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate Thanks you coming back man. on, man. Yeah, of course. And uh, you know, we do have some. Uh, we do have a little bit of a uh, a delay here, a little bit of a glitch, unfortunately, on the program today. And I'm not sure if it's weather stuff. Maybe it's on mine on the West Coast. Nonetheless, we're doing our best. So we apologize in advance for any delays um, in the broadcast here today. And uh, we've been clean the last couple episodes. So not sure what's up today, but it is what it is, man. Everybody's on Zoom these days with work. And the, stuff, so. It sounds like I'm the variable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah it, gets, yeah, it gets a little bogged down. So no worries. Hey, before we dive in, man, I want to give a huge shout out, of course, to our Landry football team and our network. Make sure to check out LandryFootball.com. You can catch high school football, college football, NFL proper, fantasy football, of course, with us, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. And you can tune in every Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 o'clock Eastern on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. So make sure you come in, come join us. We are a live program. You can jump in right here into the comments. And as you do that, we will be reading through. And if we want to bring up your comment onto the screen and talk about it, we certainly will. So feel free to be interactive. Feel free to reach out to us. Lucas has the day off today. We're bringing in our good friend, Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. And we're still working out some details, but spoiler alert, uh, we might have Chris on the program more often moving forward. Uh, TBD. So we'll see what happens. Hey, man, we are finishing up our buy or sell segments. So if you've been with us the last two days, Lucas and I have done quarterbacks and running backs Monday and Tuesday. Today, Wednesday, we're doing wide receivers and we wanted to bring Chris in. He and I have talked a lot about receivers on our podcast, also the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast, which you should certainly check out. And we talked a lot about receivers. So I, I thought this was a great opportunity to bring you on here and introduce you to the Landry football team. What we're going to do is, of course, as we've done the last couple of days, break down, buy or sell. Then we'll have a topic. We'll bring it up, certain particular players, scenarios, multiple players, whatever it may be. 
and we're going to buy or sell that particular situation. I want to make it clear because we're getting some feedback online. It's not necessarily like we're going to bring up Michael Thomas right away. It's not that we dislike Michael Thomas at all. It's simply about the buy or sell question that comes up here. So let's dive right into it, man. First topic on the board here, buy or sell. Michael Thomas repeats as the wide receiver one. Buy or sell, repeat. Michael Thomas repeats as a wide receiver one. Of course, Chris, as the guest of honor, as always, why don't you go ahead and take this one first? Yeah, so you know what's funny about this? This this question reminded me of back in the day when Tiger Woods was at his absolute best. You'd be a fool to bet on the field, which is insane, right? If you bet it on the field, you were you were people look at you like you were crazy because that was just the dominance that Tiger Woods had at the time. I feel very similar to this with Michael Thomas. So I'm going to buy this. I think he repeats his wide receiver one overall, which is an insanely difficult thing to do. The top five volatility for wide receivers over the last uh, number of or handful of seasons um, is, is a lot like the top five running back category. And it's really just sort of all over the place, right? It's very difficult for wide receivers and tight ends, uh, sorry, and running backs to finish in, even just inside the top five, let alone the number one overall overall wide receiver. Okay, so why do I say all that? I think I think he's on an uh, Antonio Brown trajectory, dude. I really think Ooh. that right now, yeah, and I'm saying this with confidence, and I'm looking at the number correlations between AB and Michael Thomas, uh, and there's a lot of similarities, right? So AB was, was clearly the supreme alpha on Pittsburgh during that sort of four-year stretch between 2014 and 2019. Um, he was somewhere in terms of volume between the 160 and 190 mark in any one of those given years. Michael Thomas made a significant jump into the 180s, and you obviously hear about the regression in targets. I have no reason to think or no evidence to suggest that that's going to slow down. Um, and you can just point to Antonio Brown's target volume over those stretches of years where he finished, and this is insane to think, this is insane to think, he finishes the uh, as the wide receiver one four years in a row. That's fucking crazy. Right. So when you think about what Antonio Brown did to say that Michael Thomas can do it at least one season back to back, I'm going to take it. And I think it's going to be this season, uh, especially in that division. It's going to be, you know, a lot of shootouts. Um, the, the, the defenses there are not necessarily overwhelming me with the amount of uh, elite talent on any and any one particular team uh, in the uh, in the uh, um, NFC South area. So I'm not necessarily thinking that Michael Thomas has any restrictions in his way to be able to do this again. So I am absolutely buying Michael Thomas repeats as wide receiver one. Wow. I like it. A nice reference to AB, man, because uh, obviously before he kind of flew off the handle or really flew off the handle last year, he was obviously yeah. that premier wide receiver up there with Julio Jones pretty much every single season. Of course, Tay Adams, Nuke Hopkins, Tyreek's now in the mix. And of course, Michael Thomas as well. Um and of course, uh, Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans, and there's some others up here in, in this mix these days. But it is really interesting, man, to, to think of the magnitude of what these guys are actually able to do. Finishing at number one, I'm actually going to sell this. And, and as you can see, my boy right behind me, Tay Adams is my dog. <laughs> and I am going to have him as my wide receiver one heading into the season and there's a couple factors. There's nothing against Michael Thomas. Zero, zero uh, negatives for Michael Thomas, but I will bring this up. 185 targets, I don't see that happening again. For years, the Saints have not had a second quality option outside of Michael Thomas, outside of Jared Cook and Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara missed a couple of games last year, and he was playing about 75% as is. Michael Thomas, 185 targets. I mean, he is not just a slant receiver, which is kind of the talk on social media, yeah. but but him getting all of those receptions, you know, I, I get it, but the yardage may not be as high. The touchdowns may not be as high. And now they do bring in Emmanuel Sanders, who I agree is past his prime, but he's still an adequate receiver. He's a deep threat. So Michael Thomas doesn't have to cover all areas of the field this year. Alvin Kamara's coming back 100%. They have Latavius Murray. Drew Brees, I think, is is – the Saints are looking to win games this year, and that doesn't mean they won't go through Michael Thomas, but I don't think they have to, right? Their defense is yeah. improving. They're going to be in more evenly matched game scripts, I think. Long story short, I don't think he's going to get 185 targets. 
you know, if we bring that back down to like a reasonable number, which is still pretty high to like, you know, 150, I think he levels out on the other side without going into Devonte Adams too much. I think Devonte Adams could have it like at least 185 targets Dude, this yeah. year. They bring, they bring in Devin Funches. Uh, of course he had a, a, you know, half a game with Indianapolis last year gets hurt before that with the Panthers, pretty good young receiver and young career so far. I'm excited to see what he does eventually, but he's opted out for the season. He's exactly done. Right. Alan Lazard, exactly. Alan Lazard is fun. And I think he's going to be exciting, but he is a second year receiver with Aaron Rodgers. We know how we need to have that rapport and Aaron Rodgers peppers Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams was on pace to be the number two last year, but he was out five games with a turf toe injury. He would have had double digit touchdowns easily, right? He would have probably led the league sure. or right behind Michael Thomas in receptions and yards. So with him coming back healthy, Alvin Kamara coming back healthy, and basically the whole league now knows that for any chance to slow down the Saints, you have to That's somehow fine. slow down Michael Thomas. He'll get his receptions. Yeah. I just don't think he's going to get all the fantasy points. Now in PPR, could he be number one out of catches alone? Sure. But overall, I think Tay Adams is going to match him in catches, match him or beat him in yards and touchdowns overall. Uh, so Devontae yeah, Adams hasn't so, had 1,000 yards yet in a season, but I see it happening. Yeah, that's the thing. And I was going to say, uh, I know you started off with like, you know, nothing negative to say about Michael Thomas, and there really isn't. But to be fair, you know, if we're going to like start getting nitpicky, because this is what you have to do when you're talking about, you know, the top five wide receivers yep. in the NFL, you have to get nitpicky. His, his touchdown upside, you know, he's just capped himself at nine. So it can go one of two ways, right? He can he can just make that jump into double digits and become like a stud touchdown receiver, or uh, or he doesn't and he stays like Julio Jones. Unfortunately, that's just that's his knock, right? So and that's really what's kept Julio Jones from becoming the the wide receiver one uh, in any particular season is just his touchdowns just are never quite there. So. <laughs> So yeah, man, I think it'll be interesting. You know, I think I think Tay Adams has the potential. I mean, he he has the touchdown upside, and he obviously has a target volume upside. I think again, I, I mean, you know, we're, we're differing on how much volume Michael Thomas ends up getting, uh, but I see it staying the same even with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, again, I'm I'm one who subscribes to uh, you know the more opportunities an offense gets, basically the bigger the pie. Everyone gets it. Everyone gets to eat. Everyone gets a big slice. I think a healthy Saints offense in that division. A lot of people are going to eat. Um, but again, I'm going to play devil's advocate, and maybe we can wrap wrap it up with this. To your point, I saw this stat today that uh, it's kind of a knock on Drew Brees, but it actually goes towards the receiving game. Drew Brees, since 2017, has not thrown a pass in the air over 35 yards. It's like, you know, wow. that's where, like, that's where Tay Adams makes his fucking money. So, you know, it's like mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers has no problem slinging the ball 40-plus if he needs to. Drew Brees hasn't done it in like four seasons. So it's like, that's going to hurt Michael Thomas. Not, somewhere. Not, to say he, not, not to say he can't, but he hasn't been. Exactly. Right. I'm with you, man. So you're going to buy, I'm going to sell. Now, if Michael Thomas repeats at wide receiver one, am I going to be shocked? Obviously not. Uh, but he is kind of the consensus <laughs> wide receiver one off the board. But you know what? I just don't see there's competition there um, for yeah. the Packers. Now, Devontae Adams hasn't been over a thousand yards low touchdowns. I get it. I think he could absolutely explode this year. Um, basically based on Aaron Rodgers being pissed that they drafted uh, Jordan Love in, in the effort round. Okay, let's move on here. We got a buy and a sell on Michael Thomas repeats as wide receiver one. All right, next up, buy or sell a healthy 16 games from Odell Beckham Jr. Now, before you jump into this, Chris, Odell yeah. Beckham has played six seasons He's played 12 as a rookie, 15, 16, uh, and 2016, 4, 12, and 16 last season. So out of six seasons, just 16 games twice. Buy or sell. Now, we're not talking about production at all. But no. Just can you get through a 16, season healthy? 16 games. That's all we want. That's all we want. 16 games. Buy or sell a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. All right. So I'm going to buy this. With reservation, uh, it's it's funny that we added this to our buy and sell list because we're because you and I clearly went to medical school and we know exactly what we're talking about when it comes to medical exactly situations. Yeah. So everyone really listen in here. Uh, <clears throat> as far as I understand, man, these surgeries are no joke, but they also do the job, right? So no longer are like are, are people or should people be scared of 
the ACL MCL tear because once that surgery happens, they, they fix it. And, you know, with a good rehab, you see guys like Keenan Allen, you see guys like Cooper Cup come back and they're fucking studs. Like in some of them, like Cooper Cup came back faster after the surgery. You hear mm-hmm. now, you know, you can even just go look up the reports now with Roethlisberger talking about his uh, his elbow surgery. He said for the for the first time in three years, he's thrown the ball without pain. So it's it's quite remarkable what these surgeries do. They're not quite like this isn't an injury like a hamstring injury or a turf toe or a, or an Amari Cooper plantar fasciitis situation. These are things that are legitimately repaired and possibly even better than before. So OBJ's injury was a sports hernia injury. He went under surgery in January and typically I think it was like six to eight weeks I read for um, for it to heal. And then he obviously has to go through rehab. And so as of right now, it seems like he could be the healthiest he's been in three, four years. So I'm going to ride that wave. I'm going to feel confident that the surgery did its thing. And, and I'm going to take it. I'm going to say he plays a full healthy six games this year. Awesome. And I hope you're right. I have been on the Odo Beckham train. Uh, we all know that, you know, on the TCK side of things, Lucas and I are very contested on, uh, you know, whether Odell can, can uh, live up to the hype because frankly, he is extremely talented. We all know that. Uh, but he has been, I don't know about injury prone, but he's been injury sensitive at minimum. I think a big part of this is with Jarvis Landry in trouble with his injury. Um, I think there might be more of a focus on Odell Beckham to get him work, which I don't know if it's good or not. I think he's one of those receivers where he could maybe do more with less, if that makes sense. Um, So unfortunately, as much as I believe in Odell Beckham, and I think he's a great asset and even a value in fantasy leagues this year, I'm going to sell this Mm. because I hear you on – uh, the type of injury he had, which is an injury that can legit get fixed. It's not an AJ Green injury that just will happen again. And Amari Cooper, as you mentioned, will happen again. It's just a matter of how and how severe. Um, I'm going to fade this, unfortunately, in sell because, again, out of six seasons, he's played 16. Now we're talking a full yeah. season. If this was like, you know, handicapped at say 12 or 14, I'd buy it all day long. But if he misses one game over the whole season, yeah, then you're, uh, then you're this yeah. trouble. Sure. And unfortunately, this is kind of a tough question because of COVID season. Because yes. Odell Beckham Jr. might be healthy all season long and get sick. Yeah, <laughs> and miss no, that's a great point. So that's a great it's point. It's kind yeah, of a weird it, one, but it is. Yeah, I was kind of thinking uh, non-COVID related injuries. <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> of course, of course. But but and and we'll put the caveat on that: non-COVID related injuries. Uh, but even still, um, I want to see back-to-back seasons from him uh, before I buy in. And I know that uh, on your podcast, uh, Keenan Allen comes up quite a bit. Um, and he's another, he's a receiver who had real tough injury trouble early in his career. Thankfully, he obviously has come around the bend. He's played a full season, multiple seasons in a row, and he's a beast. I want to see two or three in a row from Odell before I bank on it. Now, I'm not fading him in drafts. I think he's a value again. But for this particular buyer sell, I'm going to sell a healthy 16 games from Odell Beckham. Awesome. All right, let's get into our third topic here. <clears throat> this one is a little bit tricky. I had it last year, came up short. Julio Jones is my favorite wide receiver in the entire NFL. Uh, no disrespect to my boy Tay Adams, of course. Uh, buyer sell, Calvin Ridley passes up Julio Jones in fantasy football for 2020. All right, I'm selling this one. Uh, I still don't think it happens. Julio's Julio. So just just for note, it took Julio till uh, until his fourth season to dethrone Roddy White. Unfortunately, Calvin's gonna have to wait. It's not it's not his time yet. It's just not it's just not there. I don't know how else to say it. Like he, you know, even even when that offensive line collapsed, Matt Ryan's gonna be looking downfield and he's gonna see number eleven. That's just how it's gonna that's just gonna how it's gonna work. You know, I think Calvin really has a nice season. He could end up as a top fifteen wide receiver. Julio Jones is still a top five. Got to wait, man. I don't know. There's not to me. Like I couldn't really think or like dig up any particular stats, like potentially back this up other than even Julio Jones had to wait his turn to dethrone Roddy white. So to me, Julio Jones, he's still the man. Yeah. Julio Jones has been top six in every season that he's played and been healthy. 
He's a beast. I am actually going to sell this as well. I just wanted to bring it up because I, uh, I love Calvin Ridley, but I also last year, I thought Calvin Ridley was going to going to dethrone Julio Jones. Now, here's what's interesting. I do think Julio continues to carry the torch for the Falcons for at least one more season, but he's 31 years old. Calvin Ridley is the one getting the touchdowns, not Julio Jones, which is ridiculous. It's true. And who, and before, before uh, Calvin Ridley got hurt in week 15 and was out for the rest of the season, he was actually on pace to outperform Julio Jones last season. Now he got injured and then Julio Jones took off and he was the wide receiver one over the final three games by like seven points a game over Michael Thomas. It was stupid. He started Um, off slow. We had him him in the, sorry, we had him in the TCK league. He started off super slow and we were quite frustrated because I think we, you know, we used our first round draft pick on him at the end of the first round. So yeah, I remember that was frustrating. But he is still, He's still going to get bombs from Matt Ryan. When they need a first down, they look for Julio Jones. There are portions, just like Devontae Adams and and, uh, Aaron Rodgers, when Matt Ryan feels like the team's back is against the the corner, which they will be because their defense is still not very good. They're going to be behind. They're going to be chucking it. And if Todd Gurley can't be relied on, which I think he will be able to this year, but if he's not, then they are going to have to throw the ball just like they did. We had uh, in the quarterback episode on Monday we talked about Matt Ryan and that I think he's probably my favorite old quarterback uh yeah. veteran quarterback because of what he does on even years for some reason and also the fact that they are just going to probably be behind and have to keep up in that division therefore Julio Jones could have another almost 2000 yard season now if he could just get double digit touchdowns again uh that would be incredible but I don't think it happens this year although I will say there's a lot of talk that Calvin Ridley is this year's Chris Godwin if that mm. were to happen, I would I would not be shocked. I wouldn't because Mike Evans in Tampa Bay, Mike Evans was Julio Jones per se for so long. Chris Godwin comes in, kind of waits his turn, waits his turn, waits his turn. Last year explodes, right? Sure. Now we have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and he's waiting his turn, waiting his turn, waiting his turn. Calvin Ridley's incredible, but he's had his own injury concerns. I'm a little bit worried about that. It is a funky season. I just think when the game's on the line, they're going to hyper-target Julio per usual. So I'm going to take Julio over a Calvin Ridley, and I'm going to sell this one. I agree. Yeah, I'll just add one last thing on this. I like the Mike Evans comparison, Chris Godwin, that tandem. Um, but I will say, until Mike Evans gets himself a highlight reel like the one Julio has against Malcolm Butler, who just oh. fucking rips the ball out of his hands. <laughs> dude, I was at that game. It was in the end zone. That I was at that game, dude. I saw that happen live. That was the nastiest play I've ever seen in my life. It was insane. So yeah, yeah, until Mike Evans gets that highlight reel, man, like I just don't see another person doing what Julio does. Like to, he just, uh, he just made, I feel so bad too. Is Malcolm Butler, I like Malcolm Butler for obvious reasons. He just made him look like a small child. It's, it's just quite, it was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. I totally agree. Yeah. Julio, uh, Julio is a, a, a man amongst men for sure. Um, uh, my favorite, my favorite receiver in the league, uh, Devonte Adams is right behind him, but, uh, Julio has a little bit more seniority, so I'll keep the torch there for sure. at least one more season. So I'm going to sell that. All right, man. Uh, you are kind of the the DJ Chark guy in the fantasy industry. I'm going to let you take this one maybe yeah. all the way through here. Buy right. or sell DJ Chark top 10. Yeah, top it's 10 a bold, it's a bold take. So, well, so what's interesting about the buy and sells, right? I feel like we're, you know, we're in August. The buys and sells are, we're, we're starting to get to a point where like everyone's bold takes have sort of simmered. And now we're starting to look at the ones that might actually happen, right? We're, we're you know, we're done with the, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, Daniel Jones finishes in the top five. I think we're done with those types of conversations, although maybe he does. I don't know. But this one, I think, has some merit. Um, if you didn't hear this just in, Gardner Minshew has confirmed that COVID will not touch the Jacksonville Jaguars this entire season. So that's we can we can bank on that. The Jaguars are safe per Gardner Minshew. But that being said, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, dude, DJ Chark had a low-key, incredible season last year, uh, and I had him, and I do have him as a dark horse top ten wide receiver finisher. I think in general, the Jags have a sneaky good offense. They have a lot of good weapons. Like D.D. Westbrook, no slouch. Chris Conley, no slouch. They bring in uh, I can't even pronounce his name. The, the wide receiver there, Shenault. Uh, uh, Shenault. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it correctly? Chenault. LaVisca, LaVisca Chenault, correct. 
He's a good wide receiver. And of course you have DJ Chark, who's the alpha receiver on that team. He's long. He's got lengthy strides. It reminds me a little bit of Randy Moss, 6'3", 200. He's got 4'3 speed. Okay. Last season in his rookie season, he had five drops. This season he had zero drops. The dude has just worked on his craft. He's fundamentally sound with the offense the way it is and with Fournette in a contract year, I don't know if the Jags will resign him. I don't think they will. I'm pretty sure they won't. But nevertheless, he's performing for a contract. So he's not going to want to not perform, at least the way I can see it. Um, who knows? Maybe he holds out until tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. But I think Fournette ends up having a great season. I think the Jags have a good offense. Like there's nothing, there's nothing there that makes me overly concerned that they're not going to be able to perform at a decent rate. And because of that, I think DJ Chark is the recipient of a lot of yards this year from, from Gardner Minshew and a lot of touchdowns like for that matter. I like it, man. I uh, This is interesting. I I want to buy it just because I, I you got, you've got me hyped up on it, but I look at all yeah. the other wide receiving options and I'm thinking and to myself them, like, yeah. where's DJ Chark going to fit? Who's he going to kick out of the top 10? <laughs> That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. All right. Who is he going to kick out? Of the top 10, 15, even in my opinion, um, I'm going to sell it because I I think Gardner's fun as hell. And we know that he, on paper, had adequate or even arguably a better season than Kyler Murray as a rookie last year in a per-game basis. DJ Chark is, is the guy on the team. Um, but I still I still think they're going to be a ground and pound, if you will. Um, and... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky I just, one. This is a gut call. This is a gut one for me because, it is, like, yeah. I hear you. I just yeah. if you were to, if you were to say like if you were to say maybe like high end wide receiver two, like let's say top fifteen, I might be a yep. little more apt to like go for it. Top ten for me though, dude, I just don't see who he kicks out of the top ten. I'm gonna say yeah, it's no, it's pretty bold. I get that. I think negative for me again. I think negative game script. That entire offense is pretty good. Uh, it seemed as though people were not respecting the receiving game last year and even Gardner Minshew, they were really loading the box for, for, for Leonard Fournette. I think that softens up a little bit, but it helps Leonard Fournette. But then again, it's like a weird cycle, right? I mean, it just, it just connects the whole thing. Obviously when the, when the running game works well, the, the receiving game works well. I mean, ask AJ Brown, it's the same type of scenario. Um, you know, I just think he performs better than guys like Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson this season. I think he does better than I know your boy OBJ. Um, I think he sneaks his way in there. I think he gets a lot of receptions and I do think his upside on, on touchdowns will put him over the edge. Actually. I think that's the thing that's going to get him there. I don't think it'll be receptions overall or yards overall, although I think he'll end up with a lot of both. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I think, I think this is definitely a gut call for me, but you got to go bold on certain takes. And um, what's great about a take like this is that you can still grab a DJ Chark in like the fifth round and have, in my eyes, potential wide receiver two upside with, with sure confidence. And I'm saying now you could have some wide receiver one upside. So that'd be nice to have. You were just recently on our podcast before we had joined the Landry football network and you and I did a mock draft and we ended up getting DJ Chark. I want to say the fifth round, maybe the sixth round. Uh, which was silly. I mean, to get potentially a, a top a top 20 receiver minimum, a top yeah. 15 receiver possibly. And, you know, if you're if your Kool-Aid is is uh, making its way to Jacksonville, then top 10 <laughs> receiver, he's a perfect there's a lot of draft strategies getting talked about right now. Zero RB, zero, you know, RB heavy, balanced, yada yada. If you happen to go running back heavy and you go say three rounds and maybe a tight end in there, a quarterback and you go like four to five rounds without a wide receiver, there's a lot of depth. You can yep. still find a guy like DJ Chark, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley. Um, it's, you know, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, even so much Julian Edelman. There. I mean, it's so silly, you know, to do that. Now, are those like the alpha wide receivers who are going to carry your fantasy team? No, but if you have stud running backs, those guys are a great bundle exactly. of PPR and, and touchdown monsters. So Agreed. I like DJ Chark a lot, man. I want to see it happen, uh, you know, for a second time to make it, you know, a trend. But before that, just like OBJ, I'm going to pass. So I am going to sell for now, but uh, I love I love the hype you got going on for him. Cool, man. All right, man. We're going to get into our second set of four buyer sells. But before we do that, I want to give another shout out to Chris for coming on here. Chris, why don't you take a second, please, 
and let everybody on the Landry Football Network and the TCK Potters, for those of them that have not tuned in yet to you, which would be absolutely silly at this point, but if they have not, please let us know where we can get all of the commish opportunities and where we can find you online. Yeah, man. So we're we're definitely growing exponentially here at this point. Um, we're we're really coming out of our first year, which was a lot of experimental growth. But we really, I think, we found our niche in in sort of the fantasy football community, uh, and really what we're trying to accomplish. So, um, so yeah. Again, we have a we have obviously have a podcast. You can find us at the or let's start with the podcast. You can find us on Google, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. The Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find us on uh, social media, so Twitter and Instagram at the Commish FFP. Uh, also, our website www.thecommishbrand.com. And I highly implore everybody go subscribe to the newsletter, the playbook, our the Commish newsletter that's coming out every Tuesday from now until the end of the season. We're coming out with the latest information regarding uh, basically everything you need to know about fantasy football and around the league that will impact your team. So our first one. Uh, went out this past Tuesday and now they'll be rolling every Tuesday from there. So we're coming up. The point is really is that you're going to have on Tuesday morning, your information that you need, that's going to recap what just happened from fantasy over that weekend and what you need to prepare for going into your week for fantasy football. So that's the point of the newsletter. Uh, But yeah, man, again, you know, we're really in this to provide as much entertainment and also valuable fantasy football content as possible. I love that, man. And I have signed up for your newsletter. I got my first one this week and it was chock full of information. So well done to you, your team, uh, Josh, uh, Eric and Alex, and everybody at the commission crew for uh, jumping in with us all the time, but also putting in a lot of uh, entertainment and value. And I will tell you, uh, you are one of the more entertaining uh, podcasts out there, man. You got the nice family dynamic. There's always uh, it's always a lot of yeah. fun. So uh, make sure y'all tune in. And also before we get into it again, if you're listening on the candlestick kids, fantasy football platforms, make sure to tune into LandryFootball.com. Anything you want with football is on this platform. We are super blessed and honored to be a part of this team now moving forward, but they've got high school coverage, college coverage from recruiting, right? Um, They have everything for all the different networks. We have a good brother, Jonathan Rifkin, who has been on our program a number of times. He runs a few channels as well here. You can get anything for any of the uh, different platforms, and conferences anywhere around the country they're specialized we have nfl proper scouting reports uh we also have coaching breakdowns film breakdowns everything else and of course we are your fantasy football podcast so tune into us monday through thursdays and hopefully coming up with some more dates later but monday through thursday for now six to seven eastern and you can find us on twitch.tv slash chris landry football live Make sure you jump in for an interactive session and you could tune into us just like a TV channel every single day in the middle of your day or after work. All right, man. Appreciate you. Let's get into the second half of this and we'll start with the New England Patriot. I know that you're a big time lifelong Patriot here and Lucas, Lucas has been hardcore on our boy Jules. Chris, buy or sell another 100 reception season for Julian Edelman, 100 receptions from Julian yeah. Edelman, who, by the way, no longer has Tom Brady. Yeah, let me ask you a question before I answer this. Uh, since I know Lucas is, is again, heavy on jewels, is is he thinking he's going to have a, a 100 reception year? Is that where this is all coming from? I mean, well, he's got him higher than anybody else in fantasy football, so I would imagine because he's not okay. he's not going to have the yards and he's not going to have a touchdown. So he's going right. to he's got to have the receptions, right? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to sell it, man. I don't think this is going to happen this year. Uh, Unfortunately, um, it's just not an environment where uh, I think Jules is going to see a lot of action um, or as much work in the passing game that he had last year. Uh, And so just to refresh everybody, Julian Edelman has only done it twice in his entire sort of wide receiver career with the New England Patriots. He did it in his very first season as a true wide receiver when he was taking over the Wes Welker role. Uh, And then it was last season. Um, And so when you look at what will likely occur in New England for this season, um, I just want to remind everybody, Cam Newton is very much used to spreading the ball around, right? And so if you go back and look at the full season Cam Newton had in 2018, uh, nobody on the wide receiver Panther wide receiver core had over 100 plus attempts. So let alone 100 receptions, just even attempts. Like only McCaffrey had 100 plus 
uh, attempts in the passing game. So it's very unlikely to me that all of a sudden, um, you know, with with the sort of mobility that Cam Newton has, that McDaniel's is now going to just start drafting up a game script that's going to be Julian Edelman heavy. I just don't see that that's going to be the case, and so therefore the workload um, will likely not be there. Now, I do think his role in the offense is going to produce wins, right? He's going to move the chains. He's going to do exactly what he was meant to do and what he was doing for most of his entire career. But I just think that the 100 reception situation is really a product of the non-mobile Tom Brady environment that McDaniel sort of drafted up. And again, just, uh, you know, for, for those of you who are not New England Patriot fans, who didn't watch much of their games, they had no receivers last year. It was all Julian Edelman. It was basically Julian Edelman or bust, and that came through during the Tennessee Titans playoff game. They just got walloped because Tom Brady had nobody to throw to. So, um, unfortunately, um, you know, it kills me to say Jules is one of my favorite players, but I don't think he clips his uh, 100 receptions. But I do think, I mean, look, he's going to be nice. He's going to be somewhere in that 80 to 90 mark, right, which is about where he lives every year. Um, and so, you, you know, they'll continue to use him per usual, but just not as heavy as they needed to last year. Yep. In 10 years, he's he's been in the league 11 years, but of course he missed an entire season due to injury. In 10 years, Julian Edelman's only had two seasons of 100 receptions, which was actually surprising to me when I did the research. I just figured it would be more than that because he's the PPR machine, as we like to call him. But last year was only his second season with 100 receptions. And Chris, you laid it out perfectly, man. You kind of stole all my talking points, you know, that like <laughs> he didn't have competition. He didn't have competition. And that that's that's a that's an issue or that benefits him. I should say uh, last year hurts him this year. You know, Nikhil Harry, uh, he's still one of my favorite prospects. He didn't get a chance last year. I think he could be great. Muhammad Sanu is still there. He should be fine. Uh, our boy James Wood should get his work, of course. And they do not have the mind meld. I know that, Ju- you know, Julian Edelman's out there with Cam throwing passes. Julian Edelman's still in his mid thirties and he still has abs, which I'm very envious of, but nonetheless, <laughs> but nonetheless, unfortunately, he does not have the mind meld that he and uh, Brady had for so long, right? Exactly. So I think I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be super valuable in fantasy. I mean, we're, you're able to gobble him up in the sixth, the seventh round sometimes because Julian Edelman is not a sexy name to pick. He's not a guy where you're like, oh man, I got him, right? You're just kind of like, eh, he's my wide receiver three. He's going to give me 12 points and maybe he'll score a touchdown every other week and like set me a floor. But as Lucas yep. preaches on our podcast all the time, as much as the ceiling players and the boom bust players are important for your fantasy team to win each week, the floor players are almost more important weekly because you cannot have zeros. You can't have they zeros. Ju- yeah. Exactly. Julian Edelman giving you a floor of 12 to 15 points in a PPR league is excellent because you know he's not going to ever give you a zero. He may not ever exactly. give you a 30 either, but you have a great baseline. So. I'm going to fade 100 receptions. I just don't think it comes close. To be honest with you, I have I know Cam's hyped. I'm buying all the buying all the in you know the social media videos too. I wish the guy yeah. well. I hope he comes back strong because, in my opinion, the NFL is better with Cam Newton in it. So I'm excited Agreed. for that. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. I'm rooting for Julian Edelman. I'm excited to see what the Patriots actually do without Brady and Gronk. Yada yada. All that aside, though, <laughs> this question is 100 receptions for Julian Edelman 2020. I just don't see it happening. I'm going to sell. Cool. All right, buddy, let's get into one. This one's going to be fun. I am so pumped to talk about <laughs> this next one here. I'm going to let you go first, of course, but I'm excited to go in on this one here. Next question is buy or sell. DK Metcalf, Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf equals or surpasses Calvin Johnson, the legend, future Hall of Famer, Megatron himself, second season stat line. So, of course, DK Metcalf, a rookie last year, coming into his second season this year. Will he equal or surpass the great Megatron second season where all of those, a lot of people have compared DK Metcalf to Calvin Johnson. Will he equate his second season numbers? I want to get into this one. I'm excited. Awesome, dude. Yeah, so it's quite the topic on the Commish podcast. Eric is very bullish on DK Metcalf this season. Uh, And so I figured it would be worth the conversation for us now to go in this. So, all right, here's, before I get into my buy or sell, let me tell you what Calvin Johnson's rookie season stat line was, and then I'll tell you what his sophomore season stat line was. So his rookie season stat line, in, in just 10 games, 
was 93 targets, 48 receptions, 756 yards, and four touchdowns. Okay. Again, 10 games. It's pretty fucking good. Solid. 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 Now, let me tell you his sophomore season stats. He went, so he played an entire season, 150 uh, targets, 78 receptions for 1,300 plus yards and 12 touchdowns. The dude went off. He became Megatron in his sophomore season. It's pretty, pretty clear. Okay. So basically, is Metcalf going to hit that 78 for 1,312? Okay. I want to buy, but I have to sell. There's, I just don't see a scenario. Oh, man. I just don't see a scenario on the Seahawks where this happens. Okay. Now, if you go and look at everything about Metcalf, everything suggests that he should do this. Okay. He's 6'4, 229. He has the frame that Calvin Johnson has. I went and looked up one, one for these bigger dudes. I always want to find out what their contested catch rate looks like, right? Because I'm always very because like that's why they're that's one of their makeups. Like that's one of their characteristics. They're not slant, slotty guys like Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman, Tyler Lockett. They can like out quick or are agile guys to get those receptions. But those bigger dudes, you know, qu- quarterbacks are sometimes just throwing it up and praying that the 50-50 ball works out in their favor because they have a DK Metcalf, Calvin Johnson, or in this case, I looked up Julio Jones's stats to compare them to, right? So Julio Jones was 12th in the NFL in in contested catch rate at 48.1%. DK Metcalf was number 14, not too far behind. So like the dude can go up there and rip that ball away from from wide receivers, or I should say um, cornerbacks, and make those contested catch rates on 21 targets. He was 41.6% of the time, which is pretty good. And I think that only gets better where DK gets a little sloppy is he had eight drops last season. So he, these are like some areas where fundamentally he can probably get a little better at. All right. I say all that to say this, the reason I'm the real reason I'm selling it is just because it's nothing to do with DK has everything to do with the Seattle Seahawks passing offense. They're just not that team. We talked about this on one of our episodes. I think our wide receiver episodes, we kind of made a joke out of it, but these like top 10 wide receivers, they kind of play on reckless offenses. Like these offenses that just go balls to the wall, passing as often as possible. That just isn't Seattle. Seattle is a very methodical offense. They they run the ball first with, you know, not even really good running backs. Like I'm, I'm not really a big Chris Carson guy. I actually drafted Carlos Hyde in like the 16th round. People let him fade to the 16th round when one of my drafts. And I was like, I just stole him. So thank you very much. But nevertheless, uh, yeah, Chris Carson, not my guy, but yet they still run the ball a ton. Seattle was last in passing attempts in 2018. And then in 2019, they were 23rd in passing attempts. So now you hear the talk that Russell Wilson is egging Pete Carroll to throw the ball more. I just don't think that it's going to be enough to offset what Calvin, uh, sorry, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. DK Metcalf will need in terms of volume to make Calvin Johnson numbers. He needs 150 targets. Like it ain't going to happen. I just don't see it. it. I don't remember the last time Russell Wilson had a receiver that had that many targets in a, in a single season. He he'll, I think he'll have closer numbers to what Andre Johnson had. So Andre Johnson in his sophomore season went for 79 receptions, 1100 yards and six touchdowns. That to me feels a lot closer to, I think what DK Metcalf is capable of. He'll increase in receptions. He'll increase in yards. He'll be around seven or eight touchdowns, which I think will be good for maybe top 20, top 15 wide receiver on the season. If he plays a healthy year, but again, the environment in Seattle won't be enough to put DK in Calvin Johnson's category. Boom. Fair enough. I'm going to buy this all day long. Yeah. So, <laughs> I so, love it. Yes. All right. Er- cool. Eric, Eric, I got your back, dog. <laughs> I got you. I got you, Eric. Yo, check this out. All right. All right. So DK Metcalf. Okay. <laughs> Dude, he is quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the league. I'm going to be rooting. I'm excited to root for this guy for like 12 years. This dude is an animal. And I have a soft spot for like human beings in sports. And this dude just seems like he wants it more than most other people. Like A.J. Brown is the same thing. They want it more than the guy lining up next to him. And I think like that matters. Megatron wanted it more. Julio wants it more. You can tell when these guys line up, they're going to beat the dude in front of them. That's just how it goes. Okay, you already read off Calvin Johnson's um, stats, which was good. I'm glad you set the precedent there. I'm just going to bring it back up as well. So 
we're looking at these different targets. Okay, DK Metcalf as a rookie had 100 targets already. Could he get 50 more targets in this offense as the true alpha over Tyler Lockett, in my opinion? Yes, 50 more balls can certainly go by, uh, by way of DK Metcalf. So I'll buy that. Uh, Calvin Johnson had 78 receptions. DK Metcalf had 58 as a rookie, 58% catch rate, which is horrendous. Is he going to get that and make that better as a second season? Absolutely. Could he find 20 more receptions with 50 more targets? 100%. I think that's not a problem at all to make 78 receptions on the season. Could he find 450 more yards? That one's kind of a stretch. He already had 900 as a rookie, which is beastly, which is more than Calvin Johnson. Now, could he find 1,300 yards? I don't know. That one I don't know of because you're right. The Seattle offense is not a vertical offense. But I will say, and I've been referencing recently because I just watched it last weekend, I've been referencing the Eagles and Seahawks uh, playoff game from last season, which I rewatched. And DK Metcalf set the rookie record in that game for receiving yards. And, and Russell I Wilson know. threw him a couple, Russell Wilson threw him a couple bombs where in live, when you watch it, you see Russell scramble and do his thing. And he throws this ball 40 yards in the air. And you're like, dude, that's either picked or going out of bounds. And then two yeah. seconds later, DK Metcalf <laughs> is just palming it, dude. And he had yep. one catch where he caught it Willie Mays style, fell to the ground, yeah, had the had the, the mentality to get up. Stiff armed two dudes and rolled into yeah. the end zone, reaching over about four yards. That type of mentality and ability and athleticism is just something you can't teach. He's got it. It's in his mentals. It's in his guts. I think it happens 400 more yards. So I'm going to give him that one. The big one here is, which is maybe the most, the one that we can't predict the most, but the one that I think is the easiest to put him over the top of this. He had seven touchdowns as a rookie. Very impressive. Calvin Johnson yeah. had 12 as a sophomore. DK mm -hmm. Metcalf led the NFL in red zone targets, but his conversion rate was pretty poor, okay, because mm. the routes and being a rookie and, and, and whatever. Sure. Can he find double-digit target or double-digit touchdowns this year? Absolutely. Can he find 15 touchdowns? That might be stretching it, but can he find 12 with as many yards and a few more receptions? Yes. So, honestly, dude, I just – a full 16 games, I absolutely think that, that DK Metcalf can do this. I know that Russell Wilson has been prodding Pete Carroll because Chris Carson is banged up. Uh, Rich, yeah. uh, Rashad Penny just came out on the pup. That's not a good look, right? Nope. Um, they do have Carlos Hyde, who's just another uh, Chris Carson, so he's not going to take too much of the passing work. Tyler Lockett is phenomenal. But that efficiency, even though I said it wouldn't happen last year, and it did, I just still don't think it's going to happen all the time. So if that yeah. comes down a little bit. DK Metcalf is easily, easily the alpha number one on this team. I think starting this year, moving forward, uh, I'm all fired up, dude. I think this is a buy all day long, <laughs> and I, I, I am super pumped on DK Metcalf. Yeah. and we're gonna do rankings next week. But I have DK Metcalf in my top twelve. I'll just leave it at that. Awesome. All right, dude, no, that's that's love it, dude. I, I love I love how bold that is. Again, like I said, like I I really do want to buy it. Like I do. It's love It's bold guys. but love. reasonable. It's reasonable. It is. It is. I just I don't know. I just I just feel like this year. Like all right, so they add Greg Olson. They still have Disley. They still have Hollister. Like they have a fucking try tight end set. I know, but it's still volume work that I don't know is going to end up in DK's hands depending on how they use or pass the ball. Plus, they added Philip Dorsett. Like, for whatever it's worth, I watched him play on New England. The dude's pretty good. Like, he's another guy that can stretch the field. He's another, he, like, he's weird. Like, he's another trick play kind of guy. Like, Belichick uses those, like, weird trick plays. And Pete Carroll's kind of the same in a lot of ways. Like, they use him when, they, when, they're, when they're comfortable and they have the nice set to do it. Philip Dorsett is very good at doing those types of things. And I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like they have capable receivers and it's just going to eat at DK's overall target share. So that's the only thing I'm worried about. Now, look, if, if you are right with the volume, man, Mazel tov. The dude is going to eat and he'll have Calvin Johnson numbers. We'll be calling him, I don't know, fucking something Tron at some point. <laughs> he'll have to be He'll have to be triple Tron because Kenny Galladay is already baby <laughs> Tron. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome, dude. Well, I'm all about it, man. Eric, I got your back when you're listening and uh, – I'm just, I'm hyped. I am hyped on, uh, on um, <laughs> DK Metcalf. All right, man. We got about 10 minutes left in the program. So let's buzz out these next two. These next two are just kind of some fun ones here at the end. Just some crazy stats that I, that I found. And I want to make sure that we kind of cover this a little bit. So the first yep. one is buy or sell. It's kind of long. So hear me out. Buy or sell. 
at least three wide receiver duos. So minimum two wide receivers from the same team. At least three wide receiver duos finish as wide receiver twos or better in fantasy on the season. Last year, three pairs did it. Uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup for the Cowboys, Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup for the Rams, and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans for the Buccaneers. Also, the uh, uh, Beckham and Landry, Julio and Calvin Ridley, and uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay were on the outside of the RB2s looking in in the top 30. So there was six pairs right there on the border of, of uh, so I guess I should say 12 of the top 30 wide receivers, 12 of the top 30 receivers came from six teams. That's pretty yeah. incredible. So buy mm-hmm. or sell this year, at least three wide receiver duos finish as wide receiver twos or better. Yeah, dude, I'm buying this all day. Uh, this is a very classic case of like to the, you know, to the riches go the spoils, right? So when teams are loaded up with talent and they have good receivers and they have good offensive lines with decent quarterbacks, like you're going to end up producing, especially in a pass heavy league, wide receiver galore, right? So I can see all six of those teams. So LA, so the Rams, the, the, the Bucks, Dallas, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, all putting in the same type of bid for having dual tandems. Now you have to add Arizona, Seattle with, we just talked about DK and Tyler Lockett. You have Arizona with obviously Hopkins and Christian Kirk. Now Buffalo, if Diggs played on Buffalo last year, both Ooh, that's sneaky. That's sneaky. Diggs, yeah, Diggs and Brown technically would have both made the the that list, right? So Brown, I think, finishes like wide receiver twenty, and Diggs finished wide receiver number twenty four. So both of them would have made it. Then you have some dark horse combos in I think New England. So with Edelman and Nikhil Harry, he could have a bump this year. You have dark horses in Miami with Parker and Williams. Love you that one. A dark horse scenario in Chicago with Allen Robinson and Anthony. Um, Miller, there's a lot of good wide receiver combo and tandems here. I'm going to buy this all day. Love it. And Pittsburgh would be another one, actually. We've yeah, seen true, Big dude. Ben for years uh, be able to, to do two of them. So Big Ben's healthy. Juju is back to being Juju. And Deontay Johnson or James Washington are any yeah. of the hype that we're giving them. They could also be there. So now are we saying that all – I mean, we just listed like 15 teams, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> We're not saying that we're not saying that the, the top 30 receivers are gonna are gonna come from half the league. But what we're saying is we believe that I mean the buy or sell here is at least three wide receiver duos end up wide receiver twos or better. I'm with you, dude. This is an easy buy for me. I'm and you know what's crazy to me is that there, there's some teams up here like I'm gonna take Dallas, um, might have three of them. I, I mean, know. if CD Lamb, if CD Lamb is what we think he's gonna be. They could have three in the top thirty, which is insane. But that could certainly yeah. happen. Um, we, we saw the Ram. We saw the Rams do that a couple of years ago with uh, Cup Woods and um, uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, I could, you know, I'm a little bit nervous about the Browns at this point because of Jarvis Landry. But are there other teams to take that uh, to take that position? Hundred percent. So I agree with you, man. I think this is an easy buy. Three teams. With wide receiver duos in the in the wide receiver twos are better for sure. Honestly, we should have made this a little more difficult at like five. But yeah. honestly, I'm probably buying that anyway. So oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, for real, dude. Like there are just a lot of good tandems, and like that's why those those tandems end up in the top twenty four or minimum top thirty six. They play off of each other. And what's crazy is now we're talking wide receiver duos specifically. We're not including teammate duos. Something like Travis yeah. Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill could finish top 24 for sure. Uh, they yeah. do it pretty much every year. Um, even, you know, Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, uh, any Eagles receiver that stays healthy the entire season, and Zach Ertz. I mean, yep. you know, it could be George Kittle and, you know, maybe it's Brendan Ayuk or maybe it's Jalen Hurd over in San Francisco. There's a lot of different options there that that, that uh, we can certainly see. So exactly. I like that a lot, man. That was kind of a fun one I just wanted to throw in there, but that's an easy buy for both of us. All right, but last one here on the docket. We are going to get into this one's kind of fun as well. At least four rookie wide receivers, at least four rookie wide receivers coming into 2020 will finish as wide receiver threes or better. Now, four four wide receiver threes or better last year. A.J. Brown for the Titans, Scary Terry McLaurin for the Washington squad, D.K. Metcalf, as we just mentioned, for the Seattle Seahawks, and Debo Samuel for the 49ers. So Chris, do you see 
four rookie wide receivers finishing as wide receiver threes or better. And anybody new to fantasy football, that's a finish of a wide receiver 36 or better is a wide receiver three. Yeah. So, so on the commission podcast, we broke down our top 40 <laughs> wide receivers and I'm pretty sure we had zero rookies that made it even into our top 36. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We had, we had zero. So now I don't think that's actually going to happen. I don't think it'll shake out that way. Um, but again, back to back to your logic as to who are you going to move outside of the top 12 to fit in DJ Chark? It's the same thing for me and these rookies. So I just feel like there's a really crowded space of really talented wide receivers and a lot of great veterans that I, it's, it's very difficult to see where a rookie's going to claim their sort of top 40 spot. So I'm going to sell this. I don't think there's going to be four. I can see maybe two or three. I wrote down here, I think just in the divisions that they're in and the roles that they're likely going to play, I have Henry Ruggs, Jefferson, Higgins, and, J- and uh, Jerry Judy that have the potential to crack wide receiver three. I'm not sure CeeDee Lamb will be able to do it this year. I just think that they're too, too many, I mean, mouths to feed, but it's, it's even more than that. It's like the way the game, they just have so much going on in Dallas. I just don't know how CeeDee Lamb is going to finish. I mean... I just don't see it happening. I know CD Lamb is is uh, is high on everyone's radar, but I just don't think it's going to be a situation where where they're going to need to rely on him to do the work to win games. It's going to be a Zeke led offense mixed with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and then they'll throw in Blake Jarwin, mm-hmm. and then CD Lamb, you know, will be able to pick up his share of it. But it's just not going to be something they're going to rely on. I do think, however, Jefferson's going to be relied on. I think T Higgins is going to be relied on. I think Henry Ruggs is going to be relied on. And even Jerry Judy in the offense for the Denver Broncos, I think they're going to be more, they're going to be asked to do more quicker and therefore have the ability to break into the top 40. I like it, man. I'm also going to sell, and this has nothing to do with the receivers themselves. It's just the situations we preach all the time. It's not the player. It's the situation. I can only see three wide receivers this season being a wide receiver three or better without significant injury. You just mentioned T Higgins. I love T Higgins. He was actually in my top three wide receivers coming into the class. I am pumped for him in dynasty with the Bengals growing forward when AJ Green's out of the picture and whatnot. I think he's going to beast up, but he is, he is waiting for AJ Green to go down. Now that could certainly happen. We've seen it the last two seasons, but if it doesn't, he's not going to play. Right. There's other guys out there too that I just did. Jalen Rager is another one who I think has immense talent, immense ability, but there's too many guys in his way this particular season without them officially going out. The only three I could see it happening with this particular season is Ruggs, Brandon Ayuk of the 49ers, Ruggs with the Raiders, and Justin Jefferson with the Vikings. Yep. Only because they're stepping into immediate, significant target share and workload. Exactly. Jerry Judy could do it because he's the number two automatically. I just don't think the Broncos are that type of team. And Cortland Sutton is as alpha as it gets, I think, in the league. So they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, pass. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, pass. Yeah. I don't think it's enough for Judy there. So I am with you. I'm going to fade because I don't think it's – I don't think there's four. I will give you three. Now, if there's injuries, we can't control that. But preseason, I think it's just three. So I'm going to sell exactly. as well. Awesome, man. Chris. Always a pleasure, bro. We got to get out of here, but it is so fun having you on every single time. Everybody, please go check out the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. You can check them on Instagram. They're on Twitter, of course. They're on YouTube. They have their own website. They have a newsletter that's fantastic. Make sure you sign up for that. They are part of our draft guide, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast draft guide that you know that you can go ahead and grab as well at tckpod.com. So make sure you go cop one of those before the season starts to help with your drafts. And we will catch you next time here on chrislandryfootball.com. Make sure to head to just every Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 Eastern at twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. For Chris Benavides of the Can- of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast, I'm your host, Sky Guasco of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Lucas is back with us tomorrow on Thursday to wrap up our buy-sell with the two tight ends. And we are out of here. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.